Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this and me, guy. that weird guy at the park who uh, who teaches you life lessons through chess. <laughs> you write these every night. This is yeah, very I just, good. I just come up with stuff. Um, so we are the show. We're the show that. Uh, like, uh, what are we the show that does, Jason? Oh, we are the show that likes to talk about movies, podcasts, and TV we love and want you to love, and interview the people that make that possible. Yeah. That's what we do. Streaming wars, what to stream. We do it all here. Yeah, that's right. And uh, today we're really excited. Um, you know, uh, we have the uh, showrunner, but also one of my, he's also really, really funny. I got to see him at JFL last year or a couple oh, of really? years ago. Oh, uh, really? Do a, like a little one-man show kind of thing with, you know, some comedy stuff. Michael Bryan, he's hilarious. Like, I knew him as from comedy first, and when I found out he did the show, I was like, this is going to be awesome. So, um how did you know him from comedy? So tell me this. Well, oh, I mean, he's here, right? Is he here? He's not here. He's not quite here okay, yet, so tell me. So tell me. He, but we, you know, from SNL, he wrote. He does a lot. He did a lot of those shorts on SNL. He wrote a lot of those shorts. Oh, with um, Andy Samberg? No, no, not with those guys, but other digital shorts for SNL. Um, mm-hmm. He was a writer for for SNL for a while, but he also just he's an actor, and he, oh. he had like that weird. He had that show on, um, I think, on E, where he'd like interview people in the closet. Like <laughs> that was him. Closet. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, just a that was him? Yeah, that's Mike. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. That, but meanwhile, I mean, he basically figured out how to make the darkest show allowed on a network. Well, and this is one of the things that, you know, we can talk about a little bit later, too. But, like, I, you know, not, you know get, I love get, this get show. Into this, stuff. this is one of the last network TV shows that I watched. You know, Truly, like, me I, too. And it's kind of funny to talk about because I'm, I'm almost like saying an, an epitaph for uh, network TV. But. Last year, there wasn't a lot of new stuff that came into network TV that I watched. There was like two shows that I tried to stick with, and they're gone now. And this year, I don't know if there's any network TV to be had. So I kind of look at, you know, AP Bio, and, you know, there was AP Bio on The Good Place were the last kind of two places that I, uh, I went to watch on network TV. And now that he's on stream, I'm just stoked. Wait, you guys promised me PS5. Where is my own? Wait, who promised it? Did he win no, one? No, not yet. But the, uh, it's a it's a it's a giveaway. We'll, uh, we'll yeah, it's a giveaway. We'll Listen, get, it's getting there. And they, they haven't. Here's the deal. And I'm gonna tell uh, real quick with the with the giveaway and all that stuff. The PS5 sure. has not been pre. You know, it has. Right. Don't know what date it's out. As soon as I you know, can't give away I'll something that's not there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, you're not getting it before any of us. That's that's first of all. Second of all, no one can pre-order it. So we definitely promise. Starburns doesn't say anything they don't do. Yeah. So there will be a PS5 and it will be given away. And I promise you, stuck at homies, whoever wins, everyone will know. Yeah. And we're going to take pictures. And if I give away more than one, I'll give away more than one, I promise. Yeah, Jason, don't mess around. Um, I don't mess around with this. But, but I'm really we were talking stoked. about AP Bio. So we're talking about this, and Mike's here, and he just sits oh, back good. down. So oh, I good, want good. to run the, I'm gonna, uh, what I want to do real quick before we bring Mike on, because I'm so stoked to talk to him, is I just want to run the trailer real quick. So yeah, this is the new trailer the for the show. It is, yeah, this for, is the two and a half minute season. one that we're going to get to watch? For the new season, and that will, that's the one we'll watch for this. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, very excited. All right, so let me see. Patton Oswald holding a pie, Just dancing in the hallway. Died. He, everyone knows it. They all got up and left. It's in a, the box is shaped like a penis. <laughs> and a whole lot wronger. Okay, I want to hurt this old lady without killing anybody. Has that been super clear? That you don't kill a person? It's definitely good to hear out loud. Have you guys texted your friends about buying some cocaine? I'm not going down for this. This semester, 
their AP. AF. Oh. Uh, I think so. Holy. <gasps> Yes. I love her. Okay, so let's just bring him on without any further ado, right? Yeah, the absolutely. the one, the only, the great Mike O'Brien. Hi, guys. Yeah. What's up, buddy? You are a funny motherfucker. Thank you, Cliff. Hi, Jason. <laughs> thanks for having me. Hey, uh, glad to have you. Like, thanks for being here. How's that? <laughs> Ooh, right got? into it. What are we listening to? Where's that? What we got? I, is that me? I think that was Who's some that? sort of weird, uh, like, I think it was some sort of Jurassic Park animated show that came on after on the YouTube. Oh, after the AP. <laughs> I, I thought it was a it, Justin Bieber song. It felt like on, like, Ellen that I, that you dance on the guests or whatever. <laughs> he does a little bit. You should see him. His feet are always moving down there. Oh, yeah. I can't stop. Mike, first of all, congratulations on season three and everything. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're so excited. I, I mean, listen, first of all, anything where I get to watch Patton Oswalt, you know, that's not the guy's in everything. And you use him in a way that that like it's like I just live for it. Plus, let me just say this. You got the man to leave Sonny to do this show. I mean, you know, this is huge. And by the way, killing it. Okay, <laughs> how, how do you come up with this idea? Uh, well, first off, uh, before you get a angry tweets from the very angry Sonny fan base, he is still on Sonny. Yes, and I love Sonny. I've seen every Me episode, too. and I have friends who direct it. Like, I, I really, it's, it's in my heart as a place, which is why I came over to AP Bio, despite that it was network, per se. Because I'm like, how's it going to be dark? How's it going to, how are you going to, uh, so, and you did it. So please, just, I love Sonny. So no, I don't want anyone to <laughs> They're a vocal fan base, and uh, but yeah, I'm a yes. fan too. And yeah, that uh, you basically just phrased Glenn's initial um, concerns as well. He was like, are, "What are we going to be able to do on network?" He'd been on um, a very, you know, uh, supportive, loose um, uh, channel of FX for 12 years at that point, and he was like NBC. Uh, but they were generally. Um, pretty let gave us a long leash creatively it, it really wasn't bad in that area people always ask like what did they block you guys from doing and it wasn't what you would think in fact it wasn't a lot of blocking they just were always like we want the story to be more clear but they they never said like don't drown a bunch of uh baby dolls in a pool and so we did <laughs> i mean okay so let's just start from the beginning because aside okay. from you know we're here to promote but I really, 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 really am a fan. So just from the beginning, let's get back to that first question. What makes you come up with it? My, my parent, my mom's a teacher. What makes you come up with this insane idea, which I love? Um, thank you, uh, first off. And um, I, I don't know the exact moment, but I think it was kind of um, born out of when I was at SNL. I was living in Manhattan and having a lot of fun in New York. And then, you know, three times a year flying home to the Midwest, Toledo, Ohio, and Southeast Michigan, and the contrast between the two. I love both, but it was like a whole different pace and different vibe. So I, I wanted to make a show about a guy who's got a fast-paced dream job. We changed it to being a Harvard professor and then has to shift down into um, Midwest day-to-day -day high school life and grow to love it. Um, so we made him more immature than me. So he doesn't like it at first, but he gr he's growing to like it. Okay. Well, first of all, did you have any of this stuff where people are like, ooh, big shot when you're coming home? Like, oh, you're writing at SNL, living in Manhattan. <laughs> you're a big shot. Like, were you feeling that when you came home a little bit? Yeah. People definitely will tease you and stuff. And um, uh, if you don't return a text, it's because you're big time you're big now. Shot. And you're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're Hollywood, huh? I can't yeah, well, return a text, O'Brien. It's, exactly. I mean, you go home to a small. I, I'm from uh, Reno, Sparks, Nevada, like right outside of Reno, which is small. And you even get shit as like call. You like college. You're like, what? I just went to school. Give me a fucking break. I can still drink with you, you assholes. Yeah, yeah, Mister College. As soon as you're back from that, and yeah, got to respond to texts really fast. Yeah, so they don't. You're getting this like Hollywood vibe. So this is where this is the sort of impetus of this. Like, you know, what if it was a Harvard professor? Right. Yeah, because people people don't want to hear about uh, people 
working for SNL or Hollywood. I, I mean, I don't think they really do uh, for a whole series. So, yeah, we made it a more a- academia type um, downfall for him. But it's something we talk about in the writer's room all the time is um, what would you do if for some reason your career went uh, to zero overnight um, and you moved home? And we usually agree that, like, we would probably try to write something unique to that world because you would have a leg up on everyone who's sitting in Hollywood trying to come up with stuff because you, yeah. you, you'd be hanging out, having drinks with uh, your buddies from back home. And it's a whole different vibe that I think is more authentic a lot of times. Well, yeah, as we watched his character kind of get acclimated into kind of not wanting to leave, almost like sabotaging yeah. himself to stay, which was really nice. OK, so. I don't want to give too much away, but you get into this third season now, and I'm going to jump back, trust me. But you get into this third season. You get a little more freedom? I mean, you know, being on Peacock, does something change? A little bit. Um, so, yeah, you, you articulated a couple things that happened in the third season. Did you guys get advanced uh, copies of it? No, man. I'm just okay. insightful. You're just yeah. super smart. Because, yeah, there's a, <laughs> Thank you. there's a whole episode where he definitely is subconsciously sabotaging himself for uh because he's starting to like it that's the theme of the like fourth episode or something um but yeah there was a little more freedom uh, definitely in the final length which was a bigger deal to me than i thought to just an extra minute or two because we have such a big cast and so many people you try to get a joke for everybody and to get it down to twenty-one twelve, which was the length of all of season one season two episodes usually meant cutting someone out altogether. Some, the janitor or something would just end up getting cut out because you're not going to cut Glenn or Patton or Paula out. And right. so, it, but now these side characters get to have a minute of comedy in the episodes. That was probably the biggest difference. That's right. So you can have a longer episode. Yeah, we go a little longer. Some of them are about nice. the same, but yeah, they're, they're, they're mostly around 22 to 23. You can't get out of the habit, can you, Mike? No, that's right. right. You're like, you can do 30 minutes. You're like, yeah, I know, but it just keeps coming out at 22. That's 30, right? Well, and you guys <laughs> tell me, I was really scared that somebody told me um, they thought Arrested Development fell off because they went to streaming and they went to like 29 minute episodes. I don't know if that's true or if that is an actual downfall or what, but um, I had it in my head and uh, was really scared. Anytime we got above 24 minutes, I was like, okay, stop, stop, stop. We got to cut. <laughs> Think, well, listen, uh, Mike. Go I ahead. Think, uh, I think that uh, that se- that first season that they when they, they came back on uh, Arrested Development had a problem because they couldn't get all the people in the same room, and you had all these weird episodes with just one or two of the characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that was Not more wrong. the problem there. Um, yeah, Got we it. want more. Tr- yeah. Trust me, the fans want more. I'm a fan, uh, yeah. flat out fan, and. Uh, I actually signed on to AP Bio uh, about three months ago on, on Hulu just because it, it had it up. And I was like, uh-huh. wait, is there a new season? And then I just went to the second season. I'm like, I'll just start watching this again. Uh, that's I, so I, I really, well, listen, it, it's a, it's a, one of those rare shows where, first of all, a lot of people don't know Glenn, uh, Glenn, right? Glenn went to Juilliard, right? Yeah. 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 This guy's a classically trained actor. I know. And we, we try to dig into that as often as possible. There's, um, the episode I was referring to a second ago has kind of got like a shining vibe to it. He's left alone in the school when everybody else goes on break and um, he kind of goes crazy over a week alone in the school. And um, he like letting him do stuff like that. As we were writing it, we're like, let's, let's get that Juilliard, uh, those muscles uh, out and, and flex them on this because he is an amazing actor. Yeah. There's another one where that you've seen then that where nuns make him cry and, you know, I, I, I'm used to working around comedians and they're like, uh, including myself, they're like, wait, 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 I'm so sad. Is that good? We got it. And of course, uh, you Moving know, on. Glenn was, yeah, Glenn was like, okay, I'm going to start to go there now. And once I'm there, I'm going to have to be there for good then. And um, that's going to happen now. I'm going to go to that place. And I'm like, man, you're legit. And of course it was real crying. He's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's one of the, and he makes it look so, you know, that's one of the things. And it's the same thing Patton does and Paul. Everyone makes it look so easy, which it is not. No, at all. it is very hard. It's often 7 a.m. You're doing it a ton of times. It's it's really, really hard. And yeah, they are three of the most natural actors. And and the students are, are getting better and better. We're watching them develop as actors in front of our eyes, which is really cool. The Butcher's Daughter is my favorite. Yeah, Heather, she's great. 
Ellis and Arnold. By the way, I guarantee you she's gorgeous. <laughs> How those glasses are not hers, right? I mean, no, no way. Those, those are props. And yeah, she's amazing. She's blind, uh, blinded by them. Um, but yeah, that we've we've talked about what is the. It's just been done too much in comedy. But if you took off her glasses and undid the braids, um, yeah, moment in Goody Goody Two Shoes. Yeah, no, no, exactly. right. I, I'm old. It's an old reference. The librarian takes off her glasses, the bun out of her hair, does that yeah. swing, right? Are you and, gonna do and, it? <laughs> no, I mean, I just feel like it's been parodied so much. We were trying to figure out something else, like maybe some other character. Do it with him. Yeah, Victor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do it with Victor. Yeah. <laughs> Let him take off his glasses, get buff. All right, sorry, I digress. He, so- he shakes his head and somehow his hair is really long and full. <laughs> See, this is what happens in the writer's room, except better, because I'm not there. All right, so, oh man, I'm so happy. Was there ever a moment where you considered doing this show in front of an audience? Um. No, we did do a, a benefit show to raise money for a Toledo charity. And we did some scenes in front of an audience, but never like a full um, episode or anything. Okay. So you never even thought about it, right? Because I'm very glad you decided single camera. You know, oh, what, oh, for it to be multicam. No, it yeah. was never really thought never about. Never yeah. Thought. Yeah. Good. I was just curious because, you know, I mean, it, this show so easily, especially with the network influence, could be, what do you think about multicam, Mike? Right. And it almost could because it doesn't, it does happen in, you know, mostly in like four or five locations. So you could almost do it. But it's funny. We grew up on multicams and we loved them and they were the coolest thing. Cheers and Seinfeld were like genuinely hip. And now it's a very kind of unhip feeling thing. And I, I'm fascinated by that and don't quite know where that where and why that changed, but um, somewhere around the office and like those shows, it became cooler to do single cam. And now, yeah, it's, it's uh, more rare. It's oh, great. I, Wait, are we seeing Paul in the classroom right now? Is that what, cause we're watching trailers as they go by and stuff. Is Paul's sitting in the classroom. I just, yeah, there's the <laughs> teaser at the end of uh, season two that she's going to join yeah. Jack's class. And um just as a small spoiler, it uh, she doesn't join for the whole season, but we obviously Damn. got her in there and had some fun with her in there. Now, I want to ask you this, Mike. Did you, um, is it the same DP, or did you move to a new look in this third season a little bit? We, See, the we, color palette looks different. Very, very impressive stuff, man. Uh, we did. You know, we, this is what I do, buddy. <laughs> Go on. It's a new DP. Um, we had... Yeah. Blake McClure for the first two seasons and he was great. And then he's getting pulled more in the hour drama world. And um, we got a friend of ours named David Jones who um, picked up pretty much where he left off, uh, but yeah, probably has a subtle own vibe of his own. And I also have uh, talked with Blake as well with both of them about toning down the kind of uh, bluish hue over the years. I like to it to look, a little artsy and everything, but anytime you're feeling that and thinking about that instead of the comedy, it's, it's not, it's too much. Well, agreed. But I think what you did accomplish here, I mean, you, you've got a little, first of all, I think it looks, uh, it's a weird thing I'm going to say. It's a weird dichotomy. You made it look richer, but you've gotten a little more of the drab in it where you feel like, oh, his life is kind of shit, <laughs> you know, but there is right. something really cool and sexy about this world still. And I think you've got more of that in this new season, color palette wise. Yeah. And the other thing that we have a lot of discussions about is what time of year it is, because I um, am basically planning that the whole series, even if we go 10 seasons, is one school year, probably because we want to keep these great students. And so we never say any dates or time of year, but the, the all these really talented costume designers, lighting people are all like kind of driven nuts by that. They're like, just give me a month, Mike. And so I'm like, December-ish, January-ish. And so they like frosted the windows and made it cloudier outside in very subtle lighting stuff. First, yeah, end of season two and and season three are vaguely winter. um, And that you can feel in the lighting and stuff too a little bit. So this is interesting. So, So we started season one in September. Right. You know, or begin like somewhere in there where they were already there, but he shows up as a substitute. Season two is really like October, November, right? And now season three, we're moving December, January. You're like, maybe don't hold me to it. Right, exactly. Like if <laughs> if we need to in like uh, season eight, we're going to all of a sudden go like, guys, Halloween's around the corner, you know? 
Yeah, and, you gotta have that. I mean, I, I'm surprised the network's not pushing you. Like, where's our Halloween episode? Where's our Christmas episode? Where's our, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all the time. I know. I mean, they know that once we once we get to May, then we we have to address whether we're losing uh, 16 really great student actors. So um, that's tricky. But but also, you do want to get to the AP exam. So we we got to find out when. We're going to call it that. But uh, we did do one holiday episode as another little teaser for season three. We just made up a new holiday. So it doesn't have a date associated with did. it. But uh, Katie Holmes Day is uh, <laughs> as, uh, a... What um, are the laws for Katie Holmes Day, please? Uh, <laughs> I just want to know. There's a million of them. You put your shoes on the porch the night before and you write a, a dream in it the way she dreamed to be a star in Hollywood. And then in the morning, uh, a muffin has been put in there and uh, there's a million little uh, traditions like that. There's a pageant where they reenact her hiring to Dawson's Creek. You know, she's from Toledo. And so um, we made That's it that amazing. they they have a whole holiday around her, which I hope really becomes one. I, I'm already starting to celebrate it. I will put okay. shoes out on Katie Holmes Day for sure. Mike, we'll tweet to each other. We'll do something. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I mean, this is a, so you made up your own holiday. OK, you said something that kind of depresses me a little, which is you know, looking at losing 16 great students. Now, mind you, that would be terrible. But I do think the show rests, not rests, I don't want to say anything. I'm just saying the, the focal point of the show for me, you could put 16 new great students in there and still have a show. I wouldn't want to see them go. Do, no, would, do you I, feel the same? I, I, I don't want to do. be in a bad position. No, not at all, because um, they know I love them. And, um, and yeah, the original model I had in my head was that every season would be a new set of students, because it is it was originally supposed to basically be a high school show about the adults in a high school. And um, so I was just going to rotate them out and have fun, new energies. And then we kind of fell in love with these guys and everything. But um, there could be a point where it's mutual. If we get to go long enough, people are going to start grabbing these students. They're such good actors. And if, if they're all off making Marvel movies, then I'll, I'll make a new one if they're too good for me. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, let me ask you this. What did you do as you moved it? What was the third season during the quarantine? Uh, what, what happened? When were you writing and how'd you do this? It was so we wrote 10 episodes fully before we knew anything about this. And then we were shooting January through it's supposed to be April. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got shut down after wrapping the eighth episode like that night. Uh, it was like hour to hour. Are we going to shut down? Which I think means it was like March. 15th ish. And, um, we had two more episodes to go and, and it was like, are we going to dive into a, um, a nine day? Cause we block shoot them two at a time. And are we going to dive into a nine day shoot? I was like, I don't even think people will be able to work on Monday. It was very tense and, and kind of scary. And like, uh, there was weird stuff. Like on the last day we were shooting, they removed all the doorknobs from set just like how you get around our, our school that's on the set is uh, there's doors all over the place and they mm -hmm. took all the doorknobs off so that people could push it with their elbows. There's wow. just this like, what is the, it was so also new to us. And um, mm -hmm. the crew was kind of scared. One guy was coughing and they sent him home and he was like, I have, uh, uh, I forget COPD. He's some regular cough. He's like, I'm always coughing. And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, we don't care. We're not taking any chances. So yeah, not you, got, you got pulled. And, and then so then we got pulled. Yeah. yeah so so when did you go back? Uh, we didn't. They just at some point said, we're going to put out eight. And we were cool with that and felt lucky. But yeah, we have two that are fully written, fully prepped that um, if we get season four can kick it off. When? When? Oh, oh, well, we're not. Four. Oh, yeah. When? 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 I thought when you were saying, you give me a four. date. And I'm like, I don't no, have No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I meant when yeah. you get season four. No, no, the date yeah. I can live without. Yes, You're not no problem. Yes. Right. So you, the good news is you got, now were you, did you know you were writing to go to streaming at this point? Yes. Yeah. So we got canceled after two seasons on NBC. We were fully canceled for, I don't know, a month or two. I was working on a new pilot. Everyone was auditioning for Depressed. new jobs. Depressed. Very sad. We, yeah, hmm. it, it was not one of the ones, you know, sometimes you, yeah, you walk away from some. Yeah. They were this like, that one. I kind of got to do everything. This was more like we finally cracked the code on way too many characters and then it goes away. So, so happy when it came back and, and yeah, switched to Peacock and we knew it'd be streaming. We, we didn't, you know, Peacock was a new thing, but we knew the idea of streaming. Right. And then you just got to reset up the writer's room. And is it the same yep. writers this season? 
I I lost most of them. I bet it, I keep a, a pretty big room, and I think I lost like seven out of twelve season two, just because during that two months they took jobs, obviously, and uh, there was no thought in my head that um, hey, stick around just in case a streaming <laughs> network picks us up in two months. There was no thought that that would happen. So I think it's maybe just five that I was able to get back, and then um, yeah, the the new energy was cool because it was people who had been watching from home and had a new thoughts and opinions. So it was healthy to turn over, but obviously we were sad about uh, losing some of those guys. Right. So you still kept the same amount of people. You still went with yeah. 12 people, but you just hired five or so new ones. Yeah. At least maybe okay. seven new ones. Yeah. So it really was a, a shift in, you know, not just the color palette, but kind of all around yet was still the same tone. Yeah. Different vibes and everything, but yeah, still me and, and uh, my uh, right hand woman is Shelly and, you know, all of us at the helm. Universal is still the studio in between us and the mm-hmm. two different lives. So we still have the same people giving us notes on that first round. There was some UCP or just Universal. I think just, just Universal. Universal. Okay, yeah, because yeah. there's two of those divisions, right? There's Universal cable content or something. Got it. Right? Yeah, cable pro- UCP. Eh. Right. Not. I got. I got to find out about UCP. Uh, yeah, I, I think, so. think it's Donna Isaacson. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we, we had uh, David Kep on here yesterday, and he was talking about, uh, I said, do you want to do a TV show? He goes, you know, I figured out the TV show. All the TV show is is the big stall. We're just <laughs> <Yeah>. stalling. <laughs> He's well, like, I want the person to kill themselves at the end. Nope. We I stall see. that. Yes. Yeah. There's a great Simpsons line in one of their crazier episodes where, you know, Bard or someone says, but next week, for some reason, we'll be right back to where we started, and all this will be gone uh, there's no yeah permanent change and I, I get that like sometimes i think about writing uh feature length stuff where the character can deeply change and yeah this is a very slow slow change for jack to like toledo if jack was like i just love toledo and i love everybody here we'd be right. done so you can't I'm staying yeah <laughs> i'm happily staying well you know i mean there's something that is i'm sure i'm just being way too heady about this but there is something about it every week where you have a new revenge plot and it just reminds me of this this modernized comedy version of dangerous liaisons where they spend uh-huh. their whole lives just fucking people <laughs> right yeah um, did you ever did you ever think about this when you're writing this you're like no like it was the revenge thing always like we're gonna this is the engine um yes i'm trying to expand it because we get uh, in the writer's room we started to hit a wall with that a little bit and I'd say we've ventured away from that. So that only happens half the time, maybe as, as the first thing that often is a thing that kind of goes away anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, as he gets deeper into a thing, there's one episode where it's all about him getting chips back in the vending machine. And that becomes about something else. Um, him get, uh, getting revenge on Marcus or whatever, but um, right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it was kind of a, I never thought about dangerous liaisons. That's a good comparison, but it's, it's it was like a good immature uh, way to just get an engine going and such a nice thing for a show to have a character who has to come in and say, here's what's on my mind this week. Uh, just by the nature of teachers and students, he gets to talk for five minutes at the beginning of every episode and say what this one's about. Um, and, and go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go jumping ahead. back to the last thing, too. As much as I love. Yeah. The character gets to change or shoot themselves or something. Um I also like the um, safety of sitcoms. If it's like something you're just turning on when you're going to bed, it's not like an indie film meant to challenge you. Like there's something about the office or something where you're like, these people are always going to kind of be frozen in time like this. Um, Mm. I I think it is a stall and it, and yet there's something warm and fuzzy about it. Like the idea of cheers, you're in this bar with your friends, you know, I'll watch a couple of those if I can't sleep sometimes. And um, they're, they're comforting somehow. Well, yeah, but by the way, it's what I was saying earlier about AP Bio. It's comforting, especially when you start watching him, you know, like that. Get this relationship. I love, who's the woman who plays his not girlfriend? Uh, Lynette. They're, oh. they're, they're dating. Uh, she, Liz Alderfer is uh, the actor. And uh, yeah, she's great. Fantastic. And I like I really love when we get to when we get to go there. Jason, come back on for a second, because Jason is a huge fan, by the way. And I know he had questions he wanted to ask you about previous stuff. So well, I'm going to well, let well, Jason mostly, jump in here. Mostly sure. I want to know why you haven't written yourself into the show at all yet. Um, <laughs> oh, great question. So I love you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Mike, why? Uh, 
fear. I think <laughs> that's the most honest answer is I, I'm the boss of all the people there and then I can't get my line right. I, I, I would just lose all power. Oh, that's funny. No, I mean, I got to see you at uh, JFL. You did that thing in I, one of the little box uh, studios in, or like little places. in Like it looked like an improv studio in, in Montreal. Um, I watched Just recently, do- like two or three years ago? Two or? years ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, cool. I, and, yeah. That's and you awesome. were so, so, so funny. And, I, and, and I've known you from, all, you know, from SNL and all that stuff. And I, I, I just thought it was curious. Like, did you think about it ever or was it never part of this whole thing? You're always just going to be the writer? I... I would only do it if it made it so that I wasn't pulled away from anything else. Like the idea of sitting in hair and makeup for an hour or two and then finding out later on that some scene or or some story in the writer's room or something wasn't like it feels so selfish if I'm not Mm. like if But if there is nothing else to do, like it was a finale, (laughs) everything was written. We're not quite in the thick of editing yet. And um, it was like a one line thing or something. I love to perform and I always do get jealous looking at how much fun it is with this cast. I mean, I, I got to pick them. So they're all my favorite people. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I of course want to want to do stuff with them, but um, I, I, I just take it really seriously that, um, that to be giving it all as a showrunner, like give every little bit to get one more season, try to get one more season. Well, that's awesome. I want to just I, jump in and say this way, just before you, before I forget it. I personally, if I was in your room, I would write you as the new superintendent with an ascot. <laughs> and very, very proper. And you don't like anything out of line. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's what I would do. Just be at the season finale. You'd come in, scare the shit out of everybody, and then leave like, am I fired? Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. great. That's yeah, it. I, I win. I mean, I, it might feel very selfish to you to do it, but it would be, it's very generous to the, the audience because I think you're a very we'd funny love man it. and we'd love to have it. Um, Thank but, you so uh, much. That's really nice. And, and then I just had a question. I mean, Paula Pell obviously has broken out from this a lot. You know, she's been funny yeah. in a lot of stuff. Did you work with her at SNL? Is that how you kind of got to know her? Because she's a fine man. I know she's been One in other, the other stuff in other ways, but wow. It, it's so, how cool is it that she's like blowing up at, However Amazing. old she is, the, just that uh, more importantly, that she's been being funny in the industry for 20 or 30 years. And um, yeah, she was a legendary writer. She wasn't, we may have overlapped one year at SNL, but mostly she just comes back around if um, Amy Puller or Tina or anyone, Maya are hosting, they always say, can you fly Paul in from LA? And they always want their, their favorite writer. She's that funny and she's sought after by everyone as a writer. And then we all knew she was hilarious and she, you know, she had small guest spots on 30 rock and so many other things, but it did feel like, it felt like if I, if our show had grabbed her that week, this would have happened either way. <laughs> There's so many friends that are like, Oh, I just want Paula. And when, when we started writing that character, we said Apollo Pell type and we brainstormed it that way forever. And then there was a point where I was like, God, I hope we get Paula. And now we're pretty, we wrote the whole character with her and the types of jokes she does in mind the whole time. So I was really happy, but I, I'm so excited about the Quibi show she's doing. Um, yeah. Mapleworth murders. Um, uh, that's with a couple other legendary SNL writers, James Anderson and John Lutz. And I haven't gotten to see it yet. Cause I can't figure out how to get Quibi yet, <laughs> but I've heard it's bonkers and hilarious and very Paula. It's a very funny <laughs> show. And it is also very, and it's also bonkers how to get, Quibi. I'm not quite sure how I got it on my phone either. I just woke up one day, and it was there, like a yeah, like a like a ghost app. And it, just, it, it just installed by default when I woke up. I should get it on the phone. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get it directly to my TV, and that's asking way too much. No, no you gotta, that, that, that involves. I think hacking. now I you think can mirror it though. Yeah. I think that's you can what I'll mirror it now. Yeah. yeah, they just allowed that. It's like, yo, why'd you just allow that? What are you doing, man? Yeah, Quibi. Yeah. Big mistake. So, but now they have Paula. So it's like one of those things. It's got Reno 911 and Paula. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking watch this thing, aren't I? I know. I know. We have every other thing. And you're like, I got to get this one now. Um, yeah. Sudeikis' show is on Apple TV. And have I was you seen like, it? I, no, I haven't. I don't have Apple TV either. And I'm going to get it just for that and the Beastie Boys doc I'm excited about. But um, they're both fabulous. But but also, like, in Peacock, we this is for you, man. I'm so excited. This is the thing that really is yes. making me excited for all this stuff. And uh, it starts Thursday, right? We get it Thursday? It, we get, you get all, all of them? All eight Thursday, which I'm so glad. I, I like to yes. just binge them. Who can, who can wait a week nowadays, you know? Oh. Um, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, do we have to, is this the pay one? So we have to pay to get it? 
I I think I think you can watch for free right now. I think you pay to get a higher level if you want or more options or something. I'm paying for this. I'm telling you, I don't care. Like, because I'm telling you, they didn't have me, Peacock. And then Jason's like, oh, no, AP Bio, the new season's coming out. I'm like, ah, I'm paying for Peacock now. Like, that's what's going to happen. If they make me pay, I'm going to pay. Yeah, that's, that's how happy I am about this, Mike. I love it. I really appreciate it. I, I Yeah, you might not have to pay. And, and I think your clicks are are what we need so i appreciate it yeah. oh you're gonna get all the clicks <laughs> well all the clicks do we have to let him go do we have time. to i'm sorry we gotta let him okay go. mike will you please come back maybe if you're just bored at some point you know, i would love to bored. this was so much fun i really appreciate it thank you guys so much thank you so much we really appreciate you thank again you. ap bio thursday all eight episodes yes. season, season three, three. Season one. Season one and two are there already. You can't get them on Hulu anymore because I tried, and there's <laughs> only one that says it's unavailable. Everything's on Peacock. We love it. Everything. Um, so, so I'm going to start a writing campaign to get Mike as the uh, superintendent or at least a substitute teacher. Superintendent Mike. <laughs> thank you thank so you. much. It's already in your head, Mike. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Really. Thank you, guys. And thank you for all the laughs. Really. Awesome. Mike O'Brien. I mean, I, I, again, it's one of those things I could have stayed and talked to this guy. How nice is he? He's what awesome. the hell? How great is our job? I know. It's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, like, really, like, this is a job. This is our job. This yeah. is amazing that we get to do this. Why did I ever write? This is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, for real. First of all, that guy, I could be in a room with that guy. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I don't want a job. I'm just saying, like, I could be in a room with that. That is a smart, clever, oh, God. right? Yes. Clever, not not. I'm not even gonna say intelligent. He is very clever, and he's a nice dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, Just, he's, and he's so funny, and he ha he's a brilliant, you know. And he's a writer, but his his timing and his comedic sense is just so there, and and you can see it in the shows, but also like it helps. You know, like to have that writer also be a great comedian is a is a real extra plus. And, Listen, uh, Superintendent Mike should come on. That's A and B. You know, he's he a training ground. You know, Saturday Night Live is is the training ground. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I want to get into this a little bit outside about him, but in general about this show. Um, yeah, cause it's, without getting political, but like using politics for art. Okay. I want to know what, ha you know, we have a character, you know, the main character, right? He's not, he's not a good guy, right? He's a shitty guy. Glenn? Right? Glenn. He's not a Yeah, nice he's the worst. Dude. He's the <laughs> worst. The he's living in his he's mom's house and he's like, Horrible. he's a shitty dude. But his dead mom's house, right, right, where he doesn't really care about. But but it, but it, you know he, there are certain pieces of him that that soften and the, the edges that rub off and he you know he really cares about some of these kids not all these kids by this point but he does. I think he cares about all of them I mean that, and go ahead keep talking but you know and and, and, and but he, he but he has feelings he wants to take care of them he feels protective he he's falling in love he he actually genuinely enjoys the friendships and connections and he's starting to redeem himself, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a very typical TV trope, right? And, you know, there's the same thing in, uh, you know, Community and Joel McHale's character. It's, you know, he comes in as a douchebag, but by the, you know, he becomes a, he softens and he yeah, redeems caring himself. Caring about the group and right. you know, Abed and everybody, right? Right. And uh, Jamie, Jamie Hart, da, 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 he's going to redeem Jamie himself, Hart, right? Dun, 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 Jamie yeah, he is. Of course he is. Himself, right? Yes. So I want to bring this up for a very specific reason is because, you know, we accept redemption and Darth Vader and Jamie Tart and Joel McHale and all these people, uh -huh. but I don't feel like we're doing that in, with each other right now. And I just uh, I wanted to ask you about this. I think that we have a, a we you know, and I'm not talking about cancel culture. I'm talking about we have you know as human beings right now we've been a little bit more like on edge and maybe it's being with with all the stuff going on, like. Where's our redemption? When do we, how do we how do we teach people to redeem that that redemption's good? Like we want people to be better, we want right. people to re rehabilitate, we want them to grow, but I don't see. I feel like we and, and it's a very big part of our stories and our TV, but um, I'm not seeing it out there right now. And I I, I just want to look to that a little bit and say, hey, let's let's redeem each other, let's let each other forgive each other and and, and teach each other how to move on. Well, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I also think, you know, I mean, we're seeing it a little bit with, again, with this um, Vanessa Hudgens thing yeah. uh, where, you know, she did, you know, people dying, but are they inevitable? You know, I mean, and everyone canceled her, right? right. And then, and look, she's a kid and she made a dumb comment, mm -hmm. right? Her, what is she, 28? 
Yep. Maybe she's there. Okay, so that's still a kid. I don't care. You know, 28 years old. And, and by the way, you've been acting since a star since you for the last 10 years. Yep. So you're really frozen in time at 17, just yep. to be clear. And, and she made a dumbass statement. But then she did the whap or whatever in her backyard. You see this thing? Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't see her whap. Oh, why are people doing this whap? What, what is the whap? Well, there's a song. It's uh, Megan the Stallion. It's, uh, it's her song. It's oh, the one who got shot in the foot? Yep, the one that got shot in the foot. Oh, yeah, 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 right, okay. So she's got a song now about not being able to dance? <laughs> no, I don't think so, but the WAP. Oh, no, WAP stands for wet-ass pussy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so wait, so we're all forgiving Vanessa Hudgens because she did the wet-ass pussy dance? Is that what I'm well, hearing? Let's yeah, let's, let's go back to WAP. Um, well, no, yeah. let's not. <laughs> because that's not what it is. It's the wet-ass pussy dance. Because that's what it is. So, so, so now, but listen, I think that's funny. So, yeah. yeah, whatever. She said something stupid. Now she did something else stupid yeah. that's funny. So forgive her. It's not a, you know, listen, I believe everybody. If I got canceled yeah. for everything I did up until I evolved, mm-hmm. Yeah. We ain't sitting here. Yeah. Well, no. And, you I, know? and I think that that's true. You know, I, I, I think about, uh, you know, American History X is a movie, right? Um, mm, it's one of the best. One of the best, right? But that mm-hmm. character right now wouldn't be forgiven, right? He, there would be no redemption by the, the culture at large, you know? And that's what's Well, right. Right. All right. Well, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but I was getting on board with what you were saying. If, if, if we had a white supremacist, skinhead or a Nazi who was canceled, you know, uh, in public culture. But then that same person came back and said, I've changed. I've lasered all my tattoos. Uh, I think they would be forgiven because yeah. I think that's a drastic extreme. Yeah. Well, I, I, maybe it is, but I, I, but, and then maybe it's a drastic example of something, but I feel like it is, it is definitely one of those things where it's a little bit more of a struggle now than it has been in a while. Like I, I feel like, like I, I read, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this, one of the things that kind of leads to this without getting into the politics part is I've been trying to, I've opened up my Facebook again. So everybody who has something to say can say it and I can see it um, specifically because I mm. want to learn about why people believe what they want to believe. I want to ask them questions. I want to learn about it, not judge them, but actually ask them and, 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 and challenge those beliefs, but not necessarily come at them from a place of judgment or trying to change them, but actually just challenge each piece to make sure I understand and they understand exactly what they're saying and what they're believing and see if we can find common ground. Now, Mm -hmm. with that comes a lot of things that you see on both every end of the spectrum, which is like, you're wrong and I hate you and I'm going to block you and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And if you don't believe what I'm going to believe, you're blocked. And if you don't believe what I'm going to believe, you're you're blocked. And there's no forgiveness and there's no no gray area. And in some things, I believe that there's not a gray area in belief, right? I don't, racism, Black Lives Matter, period. Yeah, you know? let's just say hate. Yeah, hate, no. Right? Hate it, as a belief, as a belief system, hate yeah. is intolerable. Right, you can't... Okay, that's, we can say that across the board. And that's 100% without, without fail, and there's a lot of other stuff like that where it's absolutely 100% that belief is true mm-hmm. and there's no argument about it. But yes. the person can be redeemed, right? The person can be changed, and you can sway somebody out of something or you can explain to something uh, to somebody, and that's what TV and, and movies have always taught me. Like, you have to be the... You have to be the social worker, not the, you know, not, you know, not the, not the prison warden. Yes, 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 yes. Because, because it's like uh, watching that show we liked, uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. Yep. Both these lead young ladies, right? Maddie and the other girl, uh, Fellini. They are, they are right-wing, conservative, gun-toting, Jesus-touting, uh, you know, Atlanta-living, rich, white-privileged kids. Yet, they were liberal. You know, she's dating a black guy. There, and you start to see that we're all not that far apart in art. We can kind of get that, you know, microcosm. We can kind of get that idea of here's a little piece, but this is not that far off for all of us. Right. And we have. So to I like those characters. That was my point. Sorry, yeah, that, those characters and I still liked, even though I don't agree with their nonsense. Right. And also, you you know, through open minds, that's what helps change. Right. You have you can induce change through a closed closed mind you can and it's you know and it's 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 one of those things where it's like i don't believe in like um mandatory sentencing and all that political stuff mm-hmm. so why do i believe that or why should i want to make that be a part of how i treat other people um and it's really just me saying like may, and this is this is also a lot of this is cliff dorfman's the cliff dorfman effect on jason where <laughs> you know love is love and people are people and um 
you know, and some people, maybe they can't be redeemed, but I'm going to work my ass off to, uh, uh, to, to do my best to hear them and, and try and, 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 and bridge those divides moving forward. Um, and, well, I mean, uh, that's a lovely thing to say. And, and I'll even take it a step further, which is, you know, for me, one thing I found, and there are people that, you know, I, you know yeah. that I had a lot of feelings about. Yeah. Or I attached a lot of emotions to that if I laid it out on paper, did horrible things. OK, but once I let that go and I realized that, you know, I'm not using blame as a weapon. Yes, all those things were done. Yeah, sure. That all happened. Right. But I, since we're getting deep on this episode, yeah. we let it all but we let it all go. Right. I, I, I remove blame as a weapon. What I realize is and then I forget about them. Right. And what happens is sometimes those people can then show back up because I'm giving them space to be who they actually are mm -hmm. instead of who I was putting them into being because of my insecurities mm -hmm. and my issues and my hangups or my preconceived notions on A, B, C, or D. So I would project that into that person's hologram so they would show up being the exact dick that I wanted them to be. Once I got rid of that and I let them open up, now that doesn't mean they're still not going to be the same exact dick. Right. <laughs> but... There is the chance when you let your stuff go, is what I found, I'm speaking for me, when I let my stuff go, that other people can show up and be super nice. And yep. you're like, wait, were you always this nice? Yep. You know, was this, you know, because I felt like you were really an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm just, you know, I digress a little, but I think it has no, to do with what you're talking about. No, it's the same thing. And, and uh, you know, I just... Uh, this is this is the this is the TV I'm watching now. This is the films I'm watching now. I want I want redemptive rede I want redemptive arcs. I want I want the Ted Lassos of the world, but I also want the AP Biles of the world. I need I need the good guy that whose optimism I also want to talk about that again real quick after this. Uh, but whose optimism is so great that it it sways other people the other way and I also want the, the Ted asshole, Lasso. The Ted Lasso. But I also want the asshole who can't help but be affected by environment and people and and connection you know and, i'm gonna and just jump in again like i usually do because yeah. before i forget it um what you're talking about this is why mike's writing and everyone who writes on the show uh for ap bio is so good because what they set up was a character that's not the arc is this it's, it's a guy whose optimism has been beaten down and suppressed and he's he's been turned into a cynic by his life and probably by his bad choices as well but he used to be under the surface under all that you know at the very deep core he was a nice guy so i think they started out i mean again i'm just talking about writing an arc mm -hmm. and i think Absolutely. it's very smart they made him likable in the sense that beneath his bitterness and chip on his shoulder there used to be this really good wide-eyed philosophy guy who went to harvard and was a genius yeah, absolutely. And who liked people. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, to a degree. But needs right. people. It's it's obvious and clear that he has very bitter. little and he he's kinda you know, he you know uh not to uh not to bring the great Jim Carrey version of the Grinch into this, but sometimes <laughs> you know Taylor Momsen. You know, sometimes in the, it, it's a, there's a kind of a parallel to this kind of character, you know, you see this person who obviously lives at home with their mom in their mom's house and and it's very much you know probably been isolated a lot and pushed into this place where they're alone a lot and yeah. have developed a little bit of a thick skin because of it um exactly so i mean i do think we get that yeah and i think that that is more of the uh, unlocking the code let's say to why you don't hate a character like glenn's character mm -hmm. you know in ap bio because of there is an underlying goodness like, if that guy was just always an asshole and always was that way and now he's still that way, I don't think we could watch him. Nope. No, you would, you'd hate it. You'd hate it. There, there are shows that can get yeah. away with that sometimes, you know, but that, that makes them the fool, right? You, you, you have to change who they are in the, the course of the show. The Archie Bunker is the person you laugh at who doesn't change um, as opposed to being the, you know, the, 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 the protagonist. Yes. Uh, listen, you're, you're absolutely right. So, okay, wait. Are we, uh, are we satiated with this? Yeah, we are. I have one thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, yeah, with uh, let's do it. Uh, Ted Lasso. I was I like thinking about that stuff. scene. Let's do it. You know, I, and I was also thinking, I did not do this much analysis on the Oxbow incident or the Crucible in high school as I'm doing to this one episode of Ted Lasso. We didn't care about the Crucible. <laughs> no, and I really I didn't, didn't care, care about, about Silas Oxbow. Marner. Yeah, uh, I didn't care about <laughs> Silas Marner. You know what? Suck it. <laughs> All right? But I care about Ted Lasso. Go on. Okay, so I was thinking about that scene we were talking about last week with uh, Jamie Tart coming in, signing the, the thing dun, for dun, the dun, sun. Dun, dun. 
Yeah. And we asked why it was the sun and why that was important. And I yes. think I figured it out. What? I think it was a, to parallel with his wife. The reason he's still with his wife is because of his kid. And that's the one shining light in the whole situation with his wife. And he knows that it's bad and it's doomed. And as much as he wanted to end this thing, he needed to have the epiphany and to compare like, all right, my kid loves this guy. So I'm going to give him another chance. And I'm going to try one more time to realize that he needed to both leave his wife and leave Jamie behind in order to move forward. Which is why I benched Jamie. Yep. As opposed to just benching him right there. Right. So you give Jamie the other chance, you're saying? For the kid. For the kid, and then benched him after. That's why he ran up to the stands to ask right. mom. Same with the mom, right? He knew he right. had to leave his mom earlier, but for the kid, he wanted to keep trying. Right, no, you got to leave his wife. I said ask mom, the owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I, I'd like to argue with you, but I, I think that's rather insightful. I agree with that. I, I think it is, uh, I got nothing to add. I'd yeah. like to. Yeah, because I wanted to just make it a convenient story piece but i feel like that's what they were was really trying to no, do there was something there there yeah. was something uh, much more important than a regular story piece there and it was almost awkward which yeah. is at the moment that i don't know if did greg write that episode i'm not sure but at the moment whoever wrote that episode wrote it um uh, you know it, it came at this place where it was so awkward that which is like life by the way that is when you're when your fucking kid walks in like yeah. listen to me your kid's like hey dad you're like yeah. yeah. Hey, buddy. What's <laughs> exactly. up, man? That strains my. Hey, buddy. What's right. going on? Everything's good. Delta just talking. Right. You can almost see that that same conversation <laughs> in a different yeah. way has happened between him and his wife when he walked in in the same way. Right. And I think there was a, th there is a reason to look at this scene if we're you know looking at art. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, there is a reason. There was a, tr a very 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 drastic reason that that was put there. It was awkward and it was meaningful. Uh, so I don't think we're out of line in. Uh, in looking at this and you know eventually we'll have greg daniels on here uh to, to talk Bill about Lawrence. it what did i say greg daniels. who's greg daniels greg daniels is uh the office i no, think and uh the uh, office right yeah uh, the upload upload yeah no, no no i meant uh bill lawrence spin city yep. bill lawrence right we'll get bill lawrence on here to to, to analyze all of this <laughs> you know it's interesting because ted lasso it I like analyzing stuff, but Ted Lasso offers itself to it more than, let's say, an AP bio where I feel like it's still as complex. Mm -hmm. But I don't have the same analyzation questions and maybe because of the tone. Right. Well, and that's I think I think that can be part of it. You know, you're talking about something that's drastically different right now than a lot of stuff going on, um, but it's still really important. Right. And, you know, listen to Mike talk, you know, and talk about like all the different things for all his friends that are out there doing all these random things. Like, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like this generation of SNL stuff is kind of great you know um you know yes. last generation first time a, in a while you know last generation did a lot of you know with uh you know did, has done a lot of movie stuff and they you know the bridesmaids and it was like a very awesomely women heavy you know kind of setup but in this year it's a lot more tv and it's a lot it's male and female you've got you've got barry and you've got um you know you've got ap bio and the stuff that they're doing you got sudeikis doing what he's doing it's just a, and these shows are pretty a, woke yeah absolutely and we said that with Greg Daniels, too. You know, they said that, and with Schitt's Creek, you know, these are very woke shows that we're seeing, you know, under the guise of a lot. Now, Greg Daniels is the older generation, right? He's yeah, still, I think so. A little bit of the yeah, Corral the side of before. Yeah. But, but we still see it's woke, like a, like a Upload. You know, it's a, it's a young black woman who's with a white guy, and there's no talking about it. It's just it's mm -hmm. the future. It's normal. Making this stuff normalized in a really positive way, which I love. And again, it's, it's, the, it's the pieces of these things that I hope get brought into everything. And... Uh, and maybe part of where I'm so excited about all this stuff is because I, you know, I, I don't like social media. I don't like being on it. And, uh, uh, but turning all that stuff on to try and get and understand more people um, and with a positive attitude, I need, I need these shows. I need these woke shows to help, like, yeah. life, like liven me up and make me feel better about it all. Um, but also you can point to them. Yeah. As examples. And like we try to do, we can use them as, as conversation pieces for bigger issues without ever talking about the bigger issue. You know, I mean, again, without ever talking about the the uh, the trigger points of the bigger issue, you know, if the bigger issue is hate, you know, we can talk about it through art. Yep. If the bigger issue is racism, we can talk about it through shows like Lovecraft, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, 100%. There's no reason to have to talk about, you know, politics in regards to this. We can talk about humanity because really that's where this all stems from. A hundred percent. This is about humanity and this is about the soul of humanity. And it's going to be it, most it's important be explored thing. and solved through art, um, you know, because it's definitely not going to be solved. And, you know, obviously through 
peaceful protest, I hope, but also through exploration of art. Unification is going to happen through art. And, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Across the board, agreed. I, I think that's why, again, why we do this. I feel like, you know, it's why I got into this side. Yeah, and why I made a conscious decision two years ago, and thank God I met you, but to say I'm going to change what I'm doing, you know, put other things on the back burner and move into this realm years before. I mean, listen, people are doing podcasts, but, you know, to say, okay, now this is the, the focal point now of how to move forward, because I think there are a lot of things that can be tackled through the medium that we're sitting in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Much more so, well, look, something like Mike does, something like, you know, through this art, yes, but we need to have these channels to talk about it. Mm-hmm. In other words, if it's just out there, I don't know that the discussion, we need a lot of these people like us having these discussions all over the place. Absolutely. It, it's, it's true. You know, you can't just have, you can't have the art without the commentary. It's not art then, it's just content, you know? That's very well said. That's very well said. Um, I feel like we only have a, oh, we have a few minutes left. So, yeah, so let's, so let's, first of all, have you watched anything? Um, since yesterday? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I know we talk about everything, but I, and we're going to save it a little, I think, because Manson's ending, right, this Wednesday? This Wednesday, so we're going to do Manson tomorrow, and I would like to do, um, we can do a little Lovecraft Country tomorrow, too, uh, but I, cause I have not got to watch that new episode yet. Okay, uh, good, so we'll do that tomorrow, but let's, um, I was thinking, I think I mentioned it to you, since Manson's ending this week, the a show that just started, yeah, did we mention this? We talked about doing a little bit of the vow stuff, yes, so, yeah, so we're going to start the vow with everybody, so let's get everybody... If you haven't watched the first episode, watch the first episode. We'll start on the second episode next week. Maybe right. we go that way. Yeah, we'll do uh, next week. We'll do the first two episodes. Yep, absolutely. Um, which will be fine. There'll be three out at that point. There's yep. two now. Yep. So, so then we can, can just catch up. Yep, right. absolutely. Exactly. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, it's really compelling. That's all I'm going to say. And it's uh, it's tackled in a way that I just did not see coming. Yep. yep. And. Uh, uh, I have a I have a theory that uh, if it had been packaged at the right time and at the right place, um, uh, both Cliff Dorfman and I would have been members before we knew we were in a cult. Um, just listen, I might have joined. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have been pissed though that I couldn't get into the secret sanctum. <laughs> There's you some know? part, you know, I don't want to give too much away because I want to talk about this later. But I, my dad yes. would take me to leadership programs when I was a kid. That it was called rapport, and it was cool. Like, in, but there was a lot of like yelling and and. Uh, you know, bending of bars and walking on the hot coals and chopping up mm-hmm. the wood and a lot of screaming <laughs> and a lot of like breaking you down and building shirts off. Sh- um, maybe I, I can't get into the specifics, uh, Cliff. <laughs> a lot I, of I shirts really, off. Uh, really, there's a there's a there's a NDA mm-hmm. that I signed that has been still clad since I was 16. Um, but uh, sorry, but it buddy. is but it is that kind of you know the the leadership training and the the the, the corporate stuff that like I think would I've co- like would have found this through something like that. Would have been something where I've been like, all right, yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta uh, make my paradigm aware. And, yeah. Uh, well, I think. Well, you. Not only do I agree with you, but I think also what is exactly in the line of what you're saying is that this lunatic, Mark Rainier, was a genius. And Absolutely. I think he did come up with stuff like this code that he came up with that that does work and help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the problem is, you know. Yeah. What all gets crazy? So does Scientology. Wow. You know, um, WAP is the problem. <laughs> WAP is the problem. That's I why mean, there's cults. Tom Cruise is uh, is uh, is might be immortal, um, but that doesn't mean I'm joining a crazy club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Tom Cruise is not aging. No, 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 he's not. There's several. I mean, but neither them. am I. It's it's one of those things. Um, it's not that Tom Cruise is an aging. It's just that there are several replacements. That uh, that whole movie. Uh, that where he died a million times was just a way of clearing out a lot of those clones that had been just sitting in a basement collecting dust. I don't know if you the know Tom that. Cruise that's a little, clones? Yeah, those were just all Tom Cruise clones that they had to kill off and they needed a movie to make it look like so they didn't have to bury all the bodies. Was it someone on our show that was talking about, uh, <laughs> about actor replacement? Weren't we talking to a visual effects guy, the Jack uh, Ryan guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actor replacement's a thing. Like, it's crazy. It's that's happening. A whole, that's a whole other story. I mean, it's really happening. Right. No. So if actor replacement can happen, then can I again, I'll just make a star. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's that there's that whole that movie. doesn't what exist. Was that? was that a De Niro? Movie? Simone. 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 Pacino. Same thing. Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. It was an O. Yeah. But it was a clone that that was a clone. Right. I'm saying that we make a person that just doesn't exist. They're an ILM person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all they are. And all we do is, you know, we put them in interviews, but no one ever meets them in person. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Hey. They're a visual hologram. 
and uh, they act. They look real. They sound real. We gave them a voice. Yeah. I mean, half of uh, half of all those Marvel characters, Iron Man is just a just a three. Get rid of all these uh, pesky actors. Yeah, it's all voiceover now. It's all yeah. well, and that's a scary no thing. No writers. That's some contracts. other day. They they actually cut it out of the last um, version of Adobe Audition. Where you can actually just replace people's voices, you just type, you get enough of samples, and you just type whatever you want in, and it'll. Just yeah, that's it. really scary, man. <laughs> that's super, super, super scary. Yeah. Okay. Because I can just what? I want you to do this. <laughs> We're gonna end on this, okay? okay I want what? you to download the following to. project uh, app tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, because it's just a little stupid, and I was messing with it. And I'll show you some of the stuff tomorrow. It's called Reface. R e f a c. Everyone's using this thing now, right? Yeah. Just make one, send it to me. Okay. We'll play with it tomorrow. Okay. Done. Okay. All right, so we're done. We're done. Okay, so Mike O'Brien, AP Bio, third season out right now, right? Nope. Third season on Thursday. First Damn. two seasons are out right now on okay. Peacock. The whole season's going to be there. It's fucking, like, just the previews Amazing. are so funny. Yeah. Can't wait. So uh, tomorrow, No Guest Wednesday, we will see you then. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Take care. <laughs>